Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Gavin Emmett and welcome to the BT Sport MotoGP podcast from Germany. Coming up, we've got all the protagonists from race day, as well as James Tosden, Neil Hodgson, Keith Ewan, Julian Ryder and Craig Doyle. But first... Here is how the MotoGP race was won. The cackling Honda of Marc Marquez. So many times the Germans have seen this man start from pole position. This will be, as he drops down from turn 11, from his eighth successive pole, this is going to be his eighth successive win here at the Saxon Ring. King of the Ring will be Marc Marquez. Jonas Folgo, though, is the hero. The German will finish second at the German Grand Prix. King of the ring, Mark Marquez takes the win at Saxon Ring, easy in the end. But the hero of the day, surely, is the man in second place, Jonas Folger. <laughs> and is he happy? Danny Pedrosa gets third place, that'll be your podium. Maverick Vinales a fine fourth and keeps his championship alive going into the summer break with Rossi behind him. Good day, wasn't it? Yeah, amazing. You know, I think all the championship leaders and contenders just really shone today. You're on me in Moto3, Morbidelli Moto2, and I know it's so close in, in, in uh, MotoGP at the moment, but Mark Marquez and, and Jonas Fogg are the ride of the day for me, but uh, uh, outstanding, all three of them. So MotoGP wasn't a packed crowd heading towards the finish line of the final lap, just really Marquez and Fodder battling it out but you felt with two to go there was a little moment Jonas Fulger riding so well and you just felt there was a little moment where you know something I'm going to take my medicine here I'm going to finish second and that's okay Tyre's just given up making the decision for him it was a game of two hours we were talking all the way through the race in the, in the press office there um, that how strong Marquez was in the first part of the track but how much stronger uh, Volker was down through that last section down the waterfall um, it was amazing to see he could be half a second behind but still get back on the back of him in that penultimate corner but if it wasn't for Volker today it would have been a very boring race because Marquez looked like he was going to do that kind of a performance and nobody was going to even stay with him so fair play to Jonas actually doing those lap times yeah the crowd were absolutely buzzing here because he's in the thick of the battle right from the very start. Let's go all the way back 30 laps before at the start and what Jonas Fulger said, you know something today's going to be my day. Yeah, I, he nearly spoiled it again. We heard from uh, Hervé Poncheval that he gets a little bit nervous and he doesn't make the right decisions and that was the case early on in the race but then once he got five or six laps in he settled in and he realised that the two Hondas in front of him were beatable today and this is where he was so strong down the waterfall. Look at that speed he had down that hill and there is not many people that can pull alongside and pass 
pass Mark Marquez down that hill and you look at Mark <laughs> you know he was as nervous as we were watching it Mark Marquez so comfortable in those situations around here he loves this track for good reason too he, he's just so happy being in a battle like that he knows he's probably going to do the job doesn't he yeah, the race pace wasn't uh, uh, you know overly surprising this place has all been resurfaced and they're only just at lap record pace so I think even Jonas Volga said himself he was surprised that they were able to pull away at the pace they were doing but then those last two laps I mean Mark Marquez was only a couple of tenths off lap record pace after 28 laps on, on those tyres and that's what Marquez can do on the full lean when it's all sliding around he's still able to pull those lap times out uh, how about Maverick Vinales he qualified 11th yet again uh, had a tough time of late but actually raced quite well worked his way through the field he did not not comfortable in qualifying uh, but once he got settled down the problem is with the factory Yamahas that I'm seeing is the first half dozen laps they have not got the pace the race pace to really set to, uh, and keep with the the, the Hondas and, and, and Jonas today and I think this is why they may be uh, changing the chassis so they're, they're quicker on the first few laps once they got into the rhythm with Valentino and, and Maverick Vinales they were able to do similar pace to the front guys but they're losing a lot of time at the beginning of the race uh, we do have a very special guest. I will reveal him in just a moment. Before we do that, let's hear from today's race winner, Mark Marquez. Mark isn't too bad for a special guest, though, is he? <laughs> of those eight victories you've had over the years, I'm not sure I've seen you push this hard. And the fact that it's Jonas, that must have been something of a surprise for you. Was the, the toughest race uh, in, in such a ring. I mean, uh, last year, okay, with the flag to flag was very difficult, but uh, this year the rhythm was incredible. I mean, uh, before the race, uh, I think everybody, even us, expect a battle between uh, me and my teammate. But, uh, but yeah, then uh, when Johan was there, I was pushing a lot all the race, uh, nearly all the laps on 21, that uh, was a really good uh, rhythm. And I was thinking, okay, maybe the tires will drop, but I was keeping, trying to keep the, the distance, trying to keep always focused at 100%. And, uh, and yes, Johan, to, to be a rookie rider today, he did an incredible race. But, uh, you know, I, I always believe that I was able to open a small gap uh, because I, I, will not, uh, I will not like to, to arrive in the last lap uh, with Johan because, you know, he was on German. Uh, on Germany and uh, his country, so uh, will be a, a, last, a last lap uh, very tough. And now you're back at the top of the championship as well, going into the summer break. That's almost perfect to say this first half of the season hasn't gone well for you. Yeah, honestly, before the Aston race, I received a message uh, and uh, one member of the team. Uh, Who was it? Santi. Uh, that, <laughs> And he write to me, summertime, uh, you will go to holidays with uh, leading the championship. Uh, I didn't expect, honestly. I say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good, <laughs> good to know, uh, good motivation, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't care, but, uh, you know, uh, that means that uh, we need to believe, we need to push, uh, we need to be passionate all the races. We need to attack where we can, and, uh, and we did. Uh, in the end, uh, happy, because in this circuit, uh, always I felt really strong. This year was very tight with uh, Johan, but uh, in the end, uh, these 25 points was important. And uh, also Johan was important in second place because then uh, one more rider between uh, our opponents. Where will you go and celebrate this over the next four weeks? <laughs> of course, uh, I go direct to holidays uh, now. Where? Where, uh, where I go? I, I, I want to avoid it. 
Spain, 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 okay. uh, which Ibiza, no, because I don't like Ibiza uh, too much. People, uh, some some place more relaxed with uh, with all my my friends. Uh, also, we will try to to recover a little bit, Alex, uh, that uh, he crashed on the race, uh, and yeah, we will celebrate. But uh, first of all, I want to say that uh, because it was a promise of my, in myself uh, that uh, the first victory after hiding an accident. I dedicate to all his family and, and to him. That's great to hear. Mark, enjoy the summer. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's a great champion. He's also a great championship leader, no doubt about that. And uh, all the crowd here, well, I'll be honest with you, they're not going to be talking about Mark Marquez. They're going to be talking about Jonas Folger, the local boy, the German lad, up on the podium today to cap off what has been an incredible first half of the season for the Tech 3 Yamaha team. And I'm delighted to say the boss of it all, Hervé Poncherel, joins us now. Hervé. Well, where do we start? Because it has been a sensational nine rounds of racing for you guys. Let's start with Jonas today. How proud are you of that young man? I'm very proud, and I have to say that uh, Mr. Marquez called him Johan, so he's obsessed <laughs> by Zarco, but today with Jonas Folger. Um, outside of that, you know, as I said, you know, you need two good legs to work properly. And uh, from the beginning of the year, although our two guys were doing really well, clearly, Johan Zarco was. Uh, you know, faster, better, got better result, and uh, for the atmosphere in the team and uh, for our project, it was, uh, you know, um, I don't want to say problem because uh, Jonas never gave up, uh, but you could see that, especially in Catalonia, when he was beaten on the line by his teammate, it, it was difficult, and uh, of course we were dreaming of such a result for his home Grand Prix, and uh, although it was tough this week because uh, the weather was difficult, uh, many, many things uh, were quite difficult to handle, but, um, you know, we knew after the warm-up that uh, a very strong race and a very strong result was possible. The only thing we were a bit uh, fearing was the start because uh, Jonas uh, was never a good starter. The only, thing, the only time he did a good start was in Catalonia and we could see that the result was there. So we were, and he was very tense, very stressed before the start of the race. But hopefully everything worked really well and uh, tonight we are really happy, you know. It's like a fairy tale, you know, rookie season, the French guy got a podium for his home Grand Prix, the German guy a podium for his home Grand Prix, so we can't ask for more. It says an awful lot about you, though, I think, as a team boss. You like to put an arm around their shoulder, fill them full of confidence. We don't see that across the paddock. We see a lot of team bosses using pressure to try and motivate their riders. You don't go for that, do you? Not at all. I think uh, James uh, knows how we work, and it will never change, you know. Uh, I like this job because I like the sport, but I also like this job because I like to share with other people. And my team is like a family, and uh, this is why when we saw earlier in the season that uh, Joan Zarco and Jonas Folger both fitted well in the team, in the spirit, uh, look at that, this is a beautiful picture, and I'm really proud of this. I didn't ask Joan Zarco to come to congratulate him, he did it, you know, that was his own decision. And uh, when I saw that these two guys were really, you know, um, matching the way we are working, this is why we resigned him quickly, and uh, we are very proud, honestly, very proud. And um, feeling that, uh, you know, we still have a lot of good things ahead of us. After losing Bradley and Paul last year, could you have dreamt of podiums with two rookies from Moto2? No, no, James, no. I, I, I couldn't, you know, the target, and this, this was not uh, too much uh, humility, but the target before the start of the first race was top 10. This is, what, this is what we, we were hoping for. If Johan Zarco was on the form that we've seen for the early part of the race, you could have very easily have two of your guys on the podium today because he had similar pace once he got into it. 
two on the podium, I don't know, but uh, two in the top five with a very high possibility. But we know how, you know, qualifying position is important. We know now our FP3 is uh, is crucial. Unfortunately, you know, Johan knows it was uh, crucial. He pushed a bit too hard, too early, crashed, couldn't make it uh, through Q2. And that was the explanation of the weekend, you know, but from a week to another, everything is changing so quickly. Um, second half of the season, before I let you go, what's the new goal for the team? You know, it's not because we have had the podium with one of each rider that uh, we are pretentious and we want to say we're the big boys now, you know. We're still a rookie, we still want to learn to work with uh, humility, come to talk to Billy Sport anytime we are asked and uh, keep this, uh, you know, fit on the ground attitude, uh, help our riders, um, help the people around us, uh, not inside the team, but around us a bit more, you know, to believe in our guys, because at some stage it was not always the case. And um, let's continue to work, continue to have fun, continue to enjoy, because this is, uh, this is what we love. Uh, thank you so much. You always do talk to us, and we're very grateful for that. You have a massive round of drinks to buy. You have a nice holiday to enjoy. Congratulations on a great first half of the Thank season. you very much, well and done, I'm very buddy. proud to have been interviewed by James, who is uh, <laughs> still my hero. Well, thank my you. Goodness. Thank you, all of you. Have a great holiday. <laughs> well, Cheers, Take care. Well, done. well, everyone's hero today is Jonas Folger. He is on the podium. The German boy done good. Let's hear from him now. Jonas, you do realise from Hamburg to Berlin to Munich, they're not talking about Mark Marquez, they're not talking about Valentino Rossi today, they're talking about you. How proud does that make you feel to have done it here in Saxon Ring? Well, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, I still don't believe that I'm on the podium and I, I was, I'm not just on the podium, but I was fighting with Mark for, for the victory and I was leading the race for some laps. So it shows that, that we have a, a great speed and uh, we did a great job this weekend. And it feels really good uh, that, uh, yes, that I, I not just made the podium, but also today um, I, was, I was really, really faster than, uh, than Johan. He did already many, many good races and today was uh, the day I beat him. So, yeah, it's, it's a great feeling. And uh, to do this at home, really, I, I, I wouldn't believe before the race. You almost didn't make it to turn four, though, did you, on that first lap when you had to run across the, the grass or the edge of the curb almost going through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can what was that? What happened there? Uh, Pedrucci, I think it was Pedrucci. He was touching me quite hard. He tried to <laughs> to overtake where there was no no space to overtake. But uh, but at the end, I was lucky. I, I could I, I could save the the accident and uh, and then I could build up the rhythm quite quick. I remember you as a 12-year-old kid, a little blonde kid in the academy starting out. And, and since then, you've had some tough times, some low moments with your illness that you had as well, and you missed races, uh, these kinds of things. Do you ever imagine that you'd be in this position, battling the best in the world? No, never, never, to be honest. Uh, as you said, I, I was uh, going through many up and downs and uh, almost finished riding in 2011. And... And now I'm here, so I, I can't thank enough uh, all the people that uh, were pushing me after my bedtime in the GP forward again and believe in me, and especially Herve that uh, he took me, you know, and many people couldn't believe that he took he took me in the MotoGP, so, but I think he did the right choice. I think there might be, might be one or two beers sunk tonight around Germany. Congratulations, Jonas. Go and enjoy it. Thank you.
Mark Marquez is now leading the championship by five points. What a turnaround in a season of incredible twists and turns. And I tell you something, the Honda boss, Livio Super, who's with us now, must have had his heart in his mouth for so much of this season. But you can relax a little bit now, Livio, in the top spot, heading into the break. Well done. Congratulations. That's good. It's good. Thank you very much. It's very good to have this result, especially before, just before the summer break. Uh, of course, it's better to go for one month without racing with uh, good memories. Uh, sure, it's a difficult championship. Sure, things can change very quickly, as we have seen in the last few races. But the important thing is that more or less we always are able to stay in top uh, five, let's say. And so this is positive. Incredible statistic from Mark's win today is just Honda's domination of this place. That's five wins in MotoGP from Mark on the Honda around this circuit, on the bounce. What is it? What is the secret to the Honda around here? I honestly don't think. I mean, I don't think anybody knows. Uh, it's very difficult to understand, for sure. Uh, we are lucky that the riders we have, they like this circuit because if you, I mean, is, is, is also something that you need, no? Um, but for sure it's a good combination. Our rider likes this circuit and our bike suits this circuit very well. And uh, and we are happy to, 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 I mean, we should race here more often. Yeah, I mean, actually we shouldn't forget Danny Pedroza, who's had four wins yeah. here in his career as well. Uh, sensational stuff. How about Mark Marquez? What's his secret to this place? Is it just pure confidence? Um, sure he likes more the left real? circuit. Uh, this is a uh, is, uh, is characteristic, uh, and probably again, as we said before, is a mix between his feeling with the circuit and the bike suiting very well, very well it, and then he's uh, he's becoming unbeatable. Even if today Folger did a very good job and he had to work hard to to stay in front of him. I know Danny was not so close in the race with a with a tire issue on spinning, but only 22 points behind the lead. Also, there's a real strong chance with the problems at the factory Yamaha boys that there could be a one-two this year. You think? Well, it's very easy to and very early to speak about it uh, for sure. Uh, also, Danny, this season is very strong. In uh, in Argentina, it was super fast. He crashed, but it was super fast. And uh, and in Mugelli was struggling, but without that crash, it was more points again. So it could have been even closer. But it's good for the fans, you know, to have a championship with so many riders uh, able to to fight for the title is something unbelievable. And the second half of the season, some strong tracks for you as well? Ah, uh, for Japan. sure. Are you wondering? It, it, on paper, but this <laughs> season, <laughs> yes. uh, for example, usually Jarez is very difficult for us, and this year, this year we were very strong. Uh, in Mugello last year, Mark almost won, and this year we're struggling, so let's wait and see. For sure, we have a um, mission also has time to work on, uh, on everything. We have a test in the uh, middle of July, and then uh, we will start again uh, fully charged. Well, go charge those batteries. Uh, you well deserve a charge up. Thank it's been fantastic for you. Thank Congratulations you today. Well done. Thank Thanks you very much. much. Enjoy your holiday. You. Uh, we're going to hear from one of your younger charges, uh, Daddy Pedroza. Thank Let's you. hear from him now. Danny, congratulations on that podium. It looked a bit of a lonely ride out there. Tell us about uh, what happened, because you just lost touch, didn't you, with the front two? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, I started very well. I had a, a very good uh, opening lap, and I was very comfortable the first two laps. Actually, very good grip, and uh, just right behind Mark. So I said, OK, uh, already the first lap was good. And, and then, uh, little by little, I started to feel a lot of spinning in the rear. But I didn't... I didn't really care very much because in this track you spin. So, but a little laps later, Folger came very fast. I tried to follow, but every time I tried to open the throttle, more spinning, more spinning, and actually my pace was getting uh, slower uh, because I couldn't really lean the, the bike and the angle. So, unfortunately, I couldn't get the same performance on track today. 
and I could manage at, until the end because at the end I had a lot of vibrations in the tire. I don't know why, but I could I could manage the the attack from Vinales who was trying to to reduce the gap. Um, go to the summer break now. For the second half of the season, do you feel you've got the kit, you've got the bike that you need to be closing that gap? Because you have closed effectively on the front four. Uh, yeah, I mean, still we have to work a little bit more uh, in some areas of the bike to try to to get a little better consistency because sometimes we are very fast in, in one practice, then in the other practice, or depending on the conditions, is changing. So we'll try to work on, on, on have a good performance in uh, hot or cold conditions to see if in this way we can be able to be uh, in better performance anytime. Danny, great to see you back up on the podium. Well done. Thank you. So many people would love to see that man win a world championship. Thoroughly deserves a clock ticking, no doubt about that, but what a quality rider. Now, himself and his teammate Mark Marquez were sandwiching Danilo Petrucci on the front row of the grid today. Danilo, of course, podium in Assen and really felt it was time for him to get some race wins or continue the podiums at the very least. It didn't work out for him today. He finished in 12th position. Let's hear from him now. Danilo, that looked like a difficult race. We saw you drop back. What was the story? Uh, I don't know why. Since uh, the warm-up lap, we, we changed the tire on the on the grid, and uh, I felt since the warm-up lap a uh, strange vibration on the left side. Then uh, I thought the, the the first lap, okay, it's it's I have to warm up more the tire, but uh, more more laps I, I did, and the situation came worse and worse and worse. Was uh, very very difficult. Uh, after seven, eight laps, I began to to have fear to, to crash. Especially, I the feeling was like I had a, a trailer on my back because since I go in with the with the bike, I felt the, the rear sliding, and uh, with the throttle was incredible, incredibly difficult to to open the throttle. From the data, we see a strange strange sliding and spinning. We don't know why. Uh, it's, it's a shame because starting from the first row, we imagine, yeah, the podium was difficult today, but a top five finish w was possible. But today, after uh, 15 laps, it was difficult even to finish the race. As, and uh, we have to check the data. For sure, we know which is the problem, but we have to check. Looking back, the first half of the season's finished now. There's been so many positives, though. You'll go into this summer break feeling positive, looking back, and, and I guess then looking forward to the, the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, since, uh, since, uh, since Sunday, since this morning, I said, OK, this race, and then we go holiday. Now, if there, there are another 30 laps race, I want to, to do again, because it's, I am very angry, because I... We, we work all the all the weekend, and then in the race we we miss the the, the mo most important uh, the most important thing of the weekend. But yeah, at the end well, a race to forget. We are I cannot wait to jump again on my bike, and uh, I I wanted to go to go holiday, but now I want to go in uh, in Austria now. <laughs> no, I know the feeling. Listen, you enjoy your holiday. Get in that gym, get on your dirt bikes, whatever. And I want to see that Danilo Petrucci smile one more time. Thank you, thank you. We'll see the on the on the second part of the season. I want to to be strong again and uh, to finish this season in a positive way, like the like now. Thanks, Danilo. Thank you.
at the last corner for a breaking manoeuvre. Is he going to go at it? He cannot. Frankie Morbid in and he cuts to the inside. It's going to be a run to the line. Oliveira is trying for it, but surely it's going to be Morbidelli. Morbidelli thwarts KTM, but into third place comes Bangnaya. Again on the podium, superb stuff. Yeah, again on the podium, and I'm delighted to say. Now with us, Peko, uh, congratulations. How are you? Are you well? Thank you. I'm very happy. Yeah, um, a good race today. Do you enjoy it? Very, very strong because uh, the pace was very difficult, and also the the, the first uh, group was uh, so strong today. Also Corsi, because uh, in this practice, uh, was uh, every every session has been very, very fast. And for me, when I was uh, seven, was very difficult for me in the start because uh, this, uh, the rear tires light too much and was difficult to to going fast. But when I remind him, uh, 15 laps maybe I was uh, I was trying to push every laps more and was able to me for me to to keep Corsi and uh, making this podium. And such an important battle ahead of you for the bulk of that race when it came to the championship. You had a good view of that. You had good guys to chase, didn't you? Yes, because uh, this is my first uh, third podium this year and. Uh, I'm very happy to be to beat the uh, Corsi that uh, that's not his first uh, first uh, career. In the last lap, in the where I managed to last, I overtake him like this, and it was difficult because he's, he's so strong. In the when he, you need to overtake him, it's very difficult because uh, he's so strong, and uh, I'm very happy about that. You've yeah. had two seconds and now a third. There's not been too many rookies in Moto2 coming from Moto3 to be so successful. What has made your uh, move so quickly to Moto2? Because I I feel very comfortable with the bike, with the team, and uh, every time we we close more the gap with the first and uh, and nothing. And you're sixth now in the championship from yeah. seventh. I'm uh, I'm sixth and uh, I'm close to the fifth. That is uh, Pazzini, I think. And uh, for my first career uh, here in Moto2, I think it's, it's good. Yeah, fantastic. Actually, Pasini may have a bit of a problem because Pasini was disqualified from Catalonia because there's some issue with his oil. So I'm not quite sure at the championship table looks. Should we have a little peek at it while, we're, while you're with us? This is how the championship now looks. So what we know, Franco Morbidelli has a decent lead on 174 points. But uh, Peko, you're up to fifth. Your holiday has just got an awful lot better. You thought you were in sixth, but now you're in fifth place. <laughs> How are you feeling about that? But why? Because he had, uh, he had a problem with his oil in Catalonia and Barcelona. Ah, okay. And they had to, to, to knock the uh, results uh, okay, off him. Okay. So there you go. Hey, who cares about him? You're in fifth, my man. You're <laughs> Did in you fifth. not know this information? That's, that's nice. Did I you like not it. know this information? No. no? <laughs> well, you see these here. You see this? See, this is Pasini's bike here. And in here, this is... This, this was a bit dodgy, yeah. not legal. <laughs> not legal, Not okay. legal, the oil was not legal. This dodgy is petrol, oil. but the oil okay. was not legal. So in now Catalan I'm fifth in the championship. Now you're fifth yeah. in the championship. Uh, nice. You can have a better holiday yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Not quite a, a bigger smile. Than, not quite than red diesel, but in the same kind of territory. Yeah, it wasn't up yeah. gas, but um, you're not far off. <laughs> Uh, look, have a great break. Congratulations. Thank You're you fifth much. in the championship, yeah. and uh, really good to speak to you today. Congratulations. Thank well you. Thank you very all much. the best. See you, Becco. See you, my man. Take care. See all the best. Uh, right, Keith and Jules, they've had a great first half of the season. What are your thoughts, lads, after round nine? Still smiling at that, I've got to say. Only you, Craig. Only you, trying to explain it. I'm, I'm, I'm so proud that Pecco didn't know that he was elevated from sixth to fifth place. But only one, one place for Pasini lost. Uh, that's a technicality he's going to rue. It is. A rostrum, a second place struck from the record. But Pecco Bagnaia, you know, everybody knows what a quality rider he is, Keith. And 
Well, that, you've been banging on about him since the first day you saw him. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's, you know. it, it, absolutely, for his precision. But for a rookie in Moto2 to be doing what he's doing, three Rostrums. Moto2 is looking really good at the moment. I mean, we've got some signings. Morbidelli is obviously going to MotoGP. Yeah, next year. That's done and dusted. And that Rostrum we saw this afternoon, we said it, didn't we, in commentary. You've got Oliveira and you've got Banyaya. And you looked at that rostrum and thought, that rostrum's going to be a Moto Grand Prix rostrum in a few years' time. And we've got the Triumphs coming in 2019, which is a big deal for all of us, of course, back in the UK. And I think Triumph are going to bring an extra dimension to the whole thing when we get there as well. Moto 2, it looked like it was a, well, almost a dead class at one point, but it's come back now. Yeah, because we've had a bit of chassis difference this year. There was a speed up nearly on the rostrum today. KTM showing well. OK, Calix is still the one, Keith, but uh, yeah, I want to see the triumphs. Plenty to look forward to in Moto2, Craig. Can't wait. Uh, lots and lots of highlights still coming your way and lots more chat to be had, uh, particularly with Gavin Emmett. Gav, where are you? I'm inside the uh, LCR Honda Hospitality where Cal Crutchlow finished in 10th place today and the fact I'm saying that and I probably uh, I know what I'm supposed to expect from you uh, here because that looked tough. You were right there in the group at the start but it just looked really tough to stay with them. Uh, yeah, probably the most disappointing race of the year for me. Um, I've crashed out of races and been happier um, but I'm glad it's over. I'm glad I can go now go to the summer break but uh, yeah, we had a tyre pressure problem in the front of the bike and after three laps of the race we were always, we were already way higher than what I've been in any race already this year um, so 27 laps later you can imagine that I've got to manage it uh, we have a, a warning on the dash and it came on after three laps so um, I had to slow down I had to have fresh air uh, I had to ride alone and, and that was it or I was you're not going to finish the race and I nearly went down two or three times in them first laps but I was quite confident that if I was, uh, I made a pass on Valentino and then he passed me back down the straight. But I'm quite confident that if I would have been ahead of him there, I could have put, done my own rhythm and done my own pace. Because it seems that when I did my own pace in the middle, when I was alone, I was going as fast as what the leader was going. Um, but I finished 10th and that's it. Uh, we live and learn. We never anticipated that tyre pressure. Um, we should have before the, before the start of the race, but we're a team and... Uh, I've made mistakes before, and uh, as a team, we made a mistake today. Well, Cal, I hope you can in, uh, enjoy your summer break. Come back stronger for that second half. Cheers, Cal. Cheers, thanks. This is the last lap, last time they drop off the waterfall. It's down now towards the breaking point into turn 12. Mir is lining himself up in his camp. Fanati's on the outside. Mir goes to the front. Can he pull it down to the line? Is he going to take the two of them out and let Ramirez through? I wonder. No, he isn't. Really? Through the left hand. And now there's the last breaking point on the track. It's here for 13. Mir's got it sorted, surely. He's just got to drive up the hill, though. But look at Fanati. Fanati's got great drive. Will he be able to pull it to the line? I doubt it, because it's just here. Mir wins from Fanati from Ramirez. Ramirez gets it on the podium. What a fantastic finish to the Moto3 race. Wow. How close were they? 0.2 of a second covered the top three over the line. John, obviously very disappointing. We saw you crash out. Tell us what happened, because we couldn't tell exactly what, what, what it was. Yeah, start of the race, I was having quite a few issues with the rear already, but I kind of thought that might have been the case in the first laps. But um, I had a big high side and managed to save it, but came back on track in, like, I think, 20th position or something like that. So. Um, didn't feel as if I was doing anything that wrong. I was just kind of making my way through, managed to make a couple of passes and seen there was a huge group there. So I thought, okay, great, the end of the race, we'll be able to make our way through. But 
Um, the rear wasn't really coming any better, so I was trying to push more in the corner entry, and my mistake, lost the front in the last corner. So, yeah, really disappointed, but it's, I guess these things happen, we'll learn from it, and uh, look forward to, after the summer break, coming back even stronger. Yeah, how was your hand as well? You've hurt your hand, haven't you? Yeah, I don't know if I got, maybe broke my finger, but it's, uh, yeah, thankfully we got the got the couple of weeks off now, so plenty of time to recover. All right, listen, you enjoy the rest, and we'll see you uh, after the break. Cheers. Yeah, I feel sorry for John because anytime he seems to get a bit of momentum, something happens and stops it. We just love to see him get a run, a really good long run, JT. Yeah, it's it's, it's his constant consistency that's the issue, isn't it? When he's when he's on the pace, he's right up there um, with a couple of podiums that he's had. Um, but yeah, it has been a bit frustrating. I mean, to uh, to see him down in, in there and then lose the front in, in over 20th place with a with a mistake. I think the team need to work in a smaller bubble for me. That they seem to be working in a massive scope, uh, a circle uh, with that bike, and they need to narrow it down to be a little bit more consistent for him. Just searching for too much in the settings. Is yeah, that... I think with the t I've, I've talked to him a few times, and with the changes they're making, they're they're huge, like big offset changes and head angle and, and all these kind of things. When you're on the podium, that should be much more narrower than than, than, than yeah. that for me. The problem with that is when the bike's changing, you never know it 100 percent because you're actually relearning it. You watch someone like Mia. He can, he can have fun, he can put that bike wherever he wants. He never looks like he's going to crash. That's the difference when you, when you don't make big changes. Uh, what have you made of this championship so far in the first half of the season? A quick overview. Uh, just just incredible. MotoGP, we've never seen anything like it. Again, watching the race, watching... I'm more interested, it might sound bizarre, of the, the lap times of the whole field, and you're watching the whole field spread by a second. You're watching people battling for 17th place that are on some laps as quick as the leaders. We've never seen that, and that's why the, the championship's so healthy with five manufacturers, all these different winners, and obviously the championship being really close. Well, let's just catch up on the Moto3 championship and how it stands, and uh, well, it's a 37-point lead for that young man, really dominating as we go into the second part of it. He's the man to beat, he's got a target on his back, but they're gonna have to start chasing him down really, really soon, because he just looks so, so steady. He's just got to keep bagging the points, and it could well be his uh, similar situation, I guess, in Moto2 with Franco Morbidelli, a 37-point lead. It's such a lovely way to go into the break, isn't it? It just gives you such confidence, JT. Yeah, Nuan Mia's uh, win there was, was five wins and 37 points in the lead going into the break. Same as Moto2, 37 lead for, for Morbidelli. That's a huge gap now with only nine races to go. If they just finish on the podium, they don't need to win races. And even after half a dozen races, they're still going to be in the lead of this championship. OK, uh, we're going to reflect again briefly on the world of MotoGP and some of the British riders. We heard from Cal Crutchlow, not a great day for him. He finished in 10th place. Even worse for Scott Redding. He did well here last year in the wet, finished 20th today. And you know something, he'll be watching his back a little bit. What is the mood in that team? He's not getting the results they want. He could have a difficult break. Let's hear from him now. Scott, that looked like a difficult day in the office. We saw a lot of the Ducatis dropping back. What was it like out there? Mm, awful, if I'm honest. I just no feeling again this morning i thought okay not bad feel quite good felt comfortable went into the race first couple of laps to sort of push forward a bit but i didn't find any grip from the tire that's why the lap time didn't really change and i just struggled all the way through the race start to finish and yeah i have nothing really to say i'm just disappointed really i mean obviously you've been riding the bike for a while now what what is it do you think is it is it a, a setting issue do you think I don't know. The thing is, one minute it's okay, next minute it's not okay. And you know, like, look to the rain in Assen, we was one of the fastest. We come here, we was one of the slowest. This morning, I had really good rhythm, and now you know I'm a minute behind. It's the worst race of my career, you know. So I don't really know where to go from here, but I'm really uh, disappointed with myself and with the bike. 
We've got the summer break coming up. What what can you do to turn things around for the second half of the season? Because we know how important it's going to be for you. Yeah, I don't know, really. Um, I think maybe decisions will be made before that. Um, I don't know, really, what what to change because we could come to the next race and maybe it's better, maybe it's the same, maybe it's worse. Um, and that's the problem we have. We don't really know. There's no real consistency. So I'm kind of frustrated because I expected a bit more this year, but all it seems to be doing is getting worse for me for some reasons. And at this point, are you worried about your future? What, what, what's going on in your head? I wouldn't say I'm worried because if it's the end of it, it's the end. I can't really change that so much, but performance isn't really helping me at all. I know that. Um, and I find it hard to keep trying to fight from where I think I should be. I'm always trying to fight to be there. It's never like, OK, we achieve it, we achieve it, and it just gets harder and harder. So it's hard to keep picking yourself up when I keep doing it, but I've been doing it for a few years now, and it starts to wear you out. Well, listen, thanks for being so honest. I really appreciate it. I know it's difficult. Uh, have a good rest, and uh, we'll see you second half of the season. Good luck, mate. Thank you. Thanks. And looking back now, that's the end of the first half of the season. It looks like you've really got the hang of the MotoGP back. Like you said, your, your lap race times were right there, like literally inside a second of the fastest guys. What's been the hardest part of this, this first half of the season? Yeah, obviously getting used to the MotoGP. The certain situations have been tough, so you know it's nice to go and have the, the summer break. I feel like now I'm riding the bike in a good way. Uh, not so far off my teammate who's doing a good job, so it's really positive. And uh, now I know how to ride the bike, and I feel like I understand it a lot more. There's still some little things I have to improve, but you know the, winters, the, the summer break, sorry, is coming at a good time, and I'm looking forward already for Bruno, which is a track that I love, and uh, yeah, I'll definitely work hard this, these few weeks. We know there's a few weeks off. A lot of talk about contracts before. Have they, has Aprilia said anything to you? Uh, has anything changed on that front? Um, I'm not too sure, really. Uh, I've got a two-year contract, and. Uh, yeah, what, I don't know what else there is to say about that. Yeah. So as far as you're concerned, obviously you'll be riding for Aprilia next year? As far as I'm concerned, I'm a rookie in MotoGP. Uh, the last few races I've not exactly been riding around at the back. I've been showing potential. I'm going forward. I'm doing an OK job. So yeah, why not? Why not? I agree. Anyway, Sam, uh, enjoy your rest and we'll see you for the rest of the year. Cheers, thank you. Sam's right, and what confirms that is that conversation we had with Hervé Poncheral earlier. He's got two MotoGP rookies. Sometimes you need to put an arm around their shoulder and good things will happen. Sam needs an arm around his shoulder now. He doesn't need to be worried or threatened or worried about his future with the team. He needs just someone saying, it's going to be okay, you're a rookie, learn your trade. It's not easy with Italians though, is it? Um, with the Ducati or with Aprilia, um, they, they, they build a bike that they expect to do well. Um, and uh, it's a little bit frostier than, than the French guy of, of Hervé Poncheral. I, I know that firsthand and, and, and I know Neil does. Um, and I know he's not getting that treatment at the moment. They have discussed other riders, Cal Crutchlow being one of them, to replace him. And we know that's because that's out there. Um, and if they do if they do that, then obviously Sam knows that they, they're not uh, respecting what he's doing. Quick word on Scott Redding. He feels a decision will be made during the break. What do you think that decision might be? Well, that was a painful interview to watch, wasn't it? I did it. But yeah, um, it's not looking good. That's all I can say. I don't, you know, it's not looking good for his future in, in MotoGP. Really, you think that's... Yeah, yeah. well, I do. Hon honestly, um, you know, the bits of rumours and all that lot. Look, the music's going to stop and there's going to be no chair for him to sit down on. That's what it's looking like. Oh, goodness. Yeah, he doesn't tough, he, tough. Does... That's how tough it is, though. That's how competitive it is. And, and how old is he? Yeah, 25, six. Exactly, yeah. It's, you know, these young kids are coming so early now that, you know, you can find your career you know, out of it at such a young age. So that's it from Germany. We'll be back in four weeks' time now after the paddock takes a summer break. That's from Bruno in the Czech Republic. Enjoy your summer and we'll speak to you then.